Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. It is a Tuesday night. Thank you to the MoneyWeb team. They're back again tomorrow uh, here on South Africa's News and Information Leader. Coming up on this evening's show, we'll find out exactly what is happening in the first round of the World 2020 Championship that's taking place in India uh, at the moment. Johan Leroux keeping an eye on the action for us. We'll also talk some athletics. We'll chat some boxing tonight as well, and also about the big tennis news story from today. But we start with cricket, and the first match as concluded in the first round, Group B. It was Zimbabwe up against Hong Kong. Zimbabwe winning that one by 14 runs. They uh, posted 158 for 8 in their 20, and Hong Kong were only able to reach 144 for 6. The clash is taking place right now. Afghanistan batting first, 170 for 5. Scotland's 84 for the loss of 1. They need another 87 runs with 9 wickets remaining off 11.1 overs. I think we could be in for a pretty exciting finish in that one. Staying with cricket news, the West Indies have called up uncapped opening batter Evan Lewis to replace Lendl Simmons in their World 2020 squad. While Lasseth Malinga has stepped down as the Sri Lankan captain, he will remain part of the squad. Angelo Matthews will take over the leadership of the team. Domestically, KZN off-spinner Tandi Chavalala has been cleared to resume bowling, but his Dusra delivery remains illegal following independent review. There is a tricky assignment in store for Supersport United in the Nedbank Cup later this evening. Matatanta take on National First Division side Morocco Swallows at the Dobsonville Stadium. United will look to bounce back from their 2-0 loss to Mamelodi Sundowns in their last league outing last week. Though facing a struggling NFD outfit, Captain Dean Furman explains why he expects tonight's clash to be tough against the Dubai Birds. I think I think my experience of cup competitions, uh, um, especially in the FA Cup, and everyone talks about the magic of the FA Cup, shows you that no game um, that you can't underestimate any game. The, the manager has spoken in great depth to you guys here and, and to us as, as players about the importance of this game and the importance of our attitude going into the game. Um, and that's something that we're going to have to make sure that that we're highly professional. Um, and uh, our performance on the night is, is nothing short of anything we try and produce against the top teams in the PSL. The 2015-2016 season's been a tough one for Stuart Banks' the side, but Furman explains how the Cup could be the thing that puts their fortunes back on track. There's, there's still a lot to play for for us. We still have uh, we have our, our own goals, but the Cup definitely provides an opportunity um, for us as players uh, and as a club to, to really, um, first and foremost, show that we're taking on board the, the new ideas of the manager. And uh, as he said, we're working extra hard in training, and now we want to go and reflect it in, in, in our matches. The other fixture tonight sees Domo Cosmos take on Amazulu. There's also FA Cup first round action taking place. There's a replay between Hull City and Arsenal. Bad news for the Gunners. They'll be without defender Laurent Koscielny due to a minor injury. UEFA Champions League to look forward to tonight as well. Real Madrid up against Roma in their second leg last 16 tie. The other clash this evening. Wolfsburg up against Ghent. Also second leg tie in the round of last 16. Live athletics look forward to tonight. We'll chat to Manfred in just a moment. In Super Rugby news, Storm is flying. Robert Dupree has been ruled out of action for 12 weeks. He hobbled off the pitch during Saturday's victory against the Cheetahs in Bloom. He's picked up a knee injury. Springbok and Bull Centre Jesse Krill set to return to action against the Sharks at Loftus. That following a concussion. Internationally, Wales coach Warren Gatland has named an unchanged starting 15 for their clash against England in the Six Nations this weekend. And on to Tennis Russian Federation President Shamil Tarpishkev says he expects Maria Sharapova to compete at the 
Rio Olympic Games, as you heard earlier today as well. Watch brand tag Hoyers decided uh, against renewing their contract with Maria, uh, Maria Sharapova. That after she admitted she failed a drug test at the Australian Open. And finally in golf news, Ricky Fowler sunk a hole-in-one at the Ernie Els-hosted Pro-Am that triggered a $1 million donation to Big Easy's Autism Foundation. If you haven't seen that clip yet, do yourself a favor. Check it out on YouTube. Fantastic celebration from Ernie Els and Ricky Fowler. Coming up next here on SFM Sports Wrap, we'll chat some athletics. SFM Sports Wrap. Well, the catchphrase they're using is track is back. Manfred Seidler joins us. Manfred, I know you did too, but I grew up watching athletics on television and uh, it brings back great memories. It's good to see that this series is back in South African athletics. It can only do good things. It can. That was actually my paraphrase, but I, anyway. <laughs> um, it really is good to have uh, athletics back on, on, on the circuit. It's been a long time since we've had a series where, where athletes can actually just you know, find, their, find their rhythm, find their game, if you would, and get into some shape before they head off to Europe. The, the, the bigger names like uh, 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 you know, Akani Sabini or Henrico or Wade van Niekerk, Sinet uh, Jones and so on, you know, they've really got uh, some of the bigger races set up for themselves in Europe and they would have planned for that. I mean, last year was a very, very good season for them and they wouldn't have differentiated much. But to have this opportunity, is, is, it's been a long time coming because athletes need an opportunity. They need to be able to get on the track, need to be able to measure themselves against the, the, the best possible opposition that they can and that's not necessarily who you will find in your provincial league so it's, it's, it's a good call, it's great to have them back we've got Rosco Engel from the Western Cape in the men's 100 metres, he of course pushed uh, Akani Simbini to a close uh, race in the, in the South African Championships last year in Stellenbosch so uh, looking forward to that race we've just had the men's 110 metre hurdles uh, Antonio Alcana winning that in a time of 13.60 seconds we're still waiting for the other results come through but uh, Tepo Lefeta was second and Rwanda Friesen third and Lefeta is actually quite an interesting uh, character he was uh, desperately trying to raise some funds so he could go overseas last year to compete on the international circuit and uh, I was hoping that if he's able to post a couple of times here now and this is where the series has becomes really vital if he's able to post some of these times then uh, yeah he could get an invite which means he doesn't have to pay it out of his pocket currently underway the woman's long jump and already uh, uh, the favourite in the Prince Lurie gone 6.52 metres she's really gone close to 6.70 this season so looking very very good and the men's uh, high jump also underway with the two young pretenders uh, Chris Moleo and Paul Lynx uh, both clearing 2.05 metres they've both gone over 2.20 metres before and are really really are uh, some there's some serious talent that we can look forward to but uh, Brad yeah look it has just started we're about to get the woman's 100 meter hurdles going and then of course uh, much later a lot of other sprints coming through as well 100 meters 200 meters the final event of the evening being the men's 200 meters and that's loaded with Carl Apple Gift Cleo Tlela um, Isaac Makwala from Botswana and of course uh, uh, swapped records, African 40 meter records with Wade Funny Cake last season. So it's going to be an exciting evening, Brad. Yeah, and the good news is, Manfred, this isn't a one swap. There's four in the series, and this is the first. So uh, it's definitely good news. It is, absolutely. And what I like, because I'm a distance man, uh, I like the fact that three of these events are at the coast, which means it gives the distance guys a, a real good opportunity to put in some, some good times. The men's 3000 meter, for example, tonight is going to be quite deep and quite competitive. You've got Stephen McCorker in there, you've got Gladden Mzazi, you've got. Uh, uh, 
Flavius de Hochley in there, so you've got some real big names in this. And uh, if we can put on a, a real good 5,000 meter, for example, in Cape Town, and the southeast stays away, um, you know, then we can un- unearth this depth that we do have in, in the middle distance. Um, but as you say, you know, there's four events which provide the athletes with some consistency. They know what to train for, they know what to prepare for, and, and yeah, that can only help. It can only improve the sport. Yeah, and you talk of improving sport, Manfred, in order for us to, to, to once again sort of produce world-class marathoners the likes of Josiah Tugwani for example we need to be producing world-class track athletes in the, the shorter distances that that's where it all begins and this is a good start Absolutely. I've always, I've always said that we need a, a really good five or 10,000, even a 10-kilometer road series for that matter, to, to get our, our guys who are more 5 and 10K runners to, to perform at a higher level and then move up to the, the, the 10K on the road, the half marathons, then ultimately in the marathon. You, you're spot on. The likes of Josiah, Pat Taze, Lawrence Pugh, uh, uh, Lili Yawa. Well, Lili Yawa was more of a 10,000-meter athlete, but they all uh, got their, their, their base on the track. Kendrick Ravana being a uh, point in pace. And, uh, it looks like Claudia Hennes has just won the woman's 100 meter hurdles and uh, won by, almost by a country mile there from, from Tate and Beals by the look of it. But, uh, uh, yeah, Claudia Hennes is certainly one to look out for in the coming season, the woman's 100 meter hurdles. She will have her eyes set on Rio. But yeah, to get back to your point, uh, Brad, it, it really is important that we have these middle distance events so we can grow that, that area as well. Yeah, I'm super excited about it, Manfred Sider. Thank you very much for that. We'll be having updates uh, throughout the entire series and uh, this uh, meet as well. Thank you so much for your time this evening here on SAFM Sports Wrap. Coming up uh, in just a moment, we're still going to be chatting some boxing, some tennis and cricket. SAFM brings you live, interactive, topical news from current affairs, global warming debates, women's issues, to interviews with top literary connoisseurs. To join our conversations, visit our website on safm.co.za. Follow us on Twitter at SAFM Radio or simply like our Facebook page, SAFM Radio. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Here's a scary thought. A dripping tap can waste up to 120 litres of water a day and up to 20,000 litres a year. Power stations use 1.45 litres of water to produce just one kilowatt hour of energy. That dripping tap could have generated 74 kilowatt hours, enough to run your fridge for 10 days. Simply put, the more water you waste, the more electricity you waste. 49M, remember your power. Sick of always missing your favourite SAFM shows. Well, now you don't have to. We have a free podcast service that allows you to access them directly from your cell phone, PC or tablet, whenever and wherever you're ready to listen. Go to safm.co.za and click on podcast. This takes you to the SAFM page on iono.fm. Follow at iono.fm on Twitter or like it on Facebook for regular updates. You never have to miss your favorite shows. SAFM podcasts powered by iono.fm. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Let's talk some cricket now, and uh, it sort of snuck up on us, the World 2020, although this isn't the main tournament just yet. Johan Leroux joins us now. Johan, before we get into today's action, let's just explain what what these matches are and, and what's at stake for these nations. Well, Brad, at the moment there are eight teams busy competing in two different groups, uh, Group A and Group B, and one team out of each of those groups will go on to the Super 10 
uh, part of the competition, and that's when the big teams really are in action. Those are the top eight teams in the world. So if you just look at the two groups at the moment, it is uh, today's group that's in action is Group B, Afghanistan, Hong Kong, Scotland, and Zimbabwe. One of those sides will go through and join Group 1 in the Super 10 part of the competition, and that's really the group that South Africa is in and will be focusing on. England, Sri Lanka, South Africa, the Windies making up that group at that stage, and then they will be joined out of one, with one of these uh, four teams in action today. So a lot of people are saying that Zimbabwe have a good chance, but Afghanistan also looking very good. And then Scotland, a very good performance from them so far. In the other group, two, it will be Australia, India, New Zealand, and Pakistan, and they will be joined by the winner of the Group A, and that is made up of Bangladesh, Ireland, the Netherlands, and Oman. They are all in action tomorrow. Well, looking at uh, the first game, Zimbabwe up against Hong Kong. Zimbabwe posting 158 for 8 uh, in their 50 overs. Hong Kong falling just short, 144 for 6. But there was a, a fantastic innings in there uh, for Zimbabwe from uh, Busi Sabanda, who ended up scoring 59 and guided Zimbabwe to the total. But the clash is taking place right now. You mentioned Scotland putting up a good fight. This one's probably going to go down to the wire, you want? It does look like that, and a short while ago it looked like Scotland will cruise to reach their target of 171. That was when George Muncy and Carl Kutzer were still at the crease. They laid the perfect platform in this run chase. Uh, they were both on 40 of 27 balls, and they really match each other ball for ball, run for run. But that was when Kutzer was caught in the deep of the bowling of Sami Shenwari. So Scotland losing their first wicket, 80 for 1. And as it always happens, then just after that, his opening partner was also dismissed. He was gone for 41 of 29 by Rashid Khan. And then a little bit of a mix-up between Callum McLeod and Matt McCann saw McLeod run out for two. So the two new men at the crease is Matt McCann and Richie Barrington and Scotland at the moment 102 for 3 after exactly 11 overs so they still need 70 runs or 54, 54 balls yes and uh, they do still have 7 wickets in hand so you would favour the Scots to take it at this stage but in T20 cricket a couple of early wickets can really change the match Johan Leroux, thank you very much for that. And if you're wondering, Carl Kutzer, uh, it doesn't sound very Scottish. I can tell you he was born in Aberdeen in Scotland and he went to Aberdeen Grammar School. So he is definitely uh, a Scot. Cricket coming up tomorrow. The Pro is up against Australia in the final uh, of the T20 series. It's all squared at one all, and the action moves to Newlands in Cape Town. We'll have live action tomorrow night on SAFM Sports Wrap as well. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. You're listening to SAFM Sports Wrap. Big news rocking the tennis world today. Maria Sharapova admitting that she's failed a drug test at the Australian Open this year. We head to London now where Chris Bowers joins us. Chris, huge, huge news in the world of tennis. Yes, um, it, it's a remarkable story. This. Everyone was expecting Sharapova to announce that she was ending her career. Her career has been slightly on the on the downward trend, certainly results-wise, in uh, in recent months. But no, no, it was a bombshell that uh, she failed this test for a, a substance which, until the 31st of December, was legal, but it's been added to the uh, banned list. And she hadn't read the the list carefully, uh, but hadn't read it at all. She admitted it was her mistake, and um, uh, you know, interesting to see to what extent her punishment, which has not yet been decided, will be determined by the fact that she has put up her hand and said, "Yep." Chris, in, in this day and age, uh, Maria Sharapova saying that uh, she wasn't aware that it had been added to, to the banned substance list. Is ignorance in professional sport in 2016 uh, a, a good, good enough defence? 
No, it isn't. Um, I suspect that within the Sharapova team, there will be all sorts of questions being asked about why no one checked the, uh, the updated fans' substance list and why they didn't alert her. It's all very well her admitting that she was responsible in public. That's the correct thing to do. But clearly, somebody in her team should have alerted her to this. I do think, though, that one of the implications of this story, uh, which will perhaps develop over the next few days, will be to what extent the World Anti-Doping Agency is getting a little bit too firm. I mean, let's be clear. This was a substance that Maria has been taking for the last 10 years. She was prescribed it by her doctor because she had the initial signs of diabetes. Now, if it proves to be a performance-enhancing substance, fine. They have to ban it, and she has to be aware of that. But I do think that there will be some questions directed at WADA, um, I know that there are some concerns in the tennis world. To what extent is WADA looking to be so strict um, just to justify its existence? To what extent is it looking to be very strict, on, particularly on, on Russians? We know about the story of a Russian athlete. Um, so, no, I don't think ignorance is a defense, but I, don't, I do think that once this story starts to settle and we, we realize the various implications, that there'll be as many questions for WADA as there are for Sharapova. Yeah, I think it's a, a fascinating one, and I, and, and I agree with you. There is still a lot more to come. The, the medication in question you mentioned was to treat diabetes, but it's, uh, I mean, I've, I've done a little bit of reading on it, and it's also to, to treat a lack of blood flow to parts of the body, particularly in case of angina and heart failure, and it also uh, it, it helps the circulation and, and blood flow with, with regards to, to sort of increasing capacity. Do, do you think, I mean, yes, it's been added now, and, and obviously there's been lots of talk in other sporting codes, athletics and cycling, that the dopers have always been ahead of the testers. Do you think this could be a case of the testers finally catching up? I don't know. I mean, I do have this feeling, uh, strange as it may sound, Brad, that everybody's going to come out of this generally okay. Tennis is going to come out of this okay because there's been suspicion over the years, although the anti-doping program has been fairly strict, there's always been a sense that they've got the little fish, not the big fish. Um, there have been suspicions around some of the big fish, but nothing that's been proven. And therefore, to have one of the big fish uh, to be caught found guilty, I think, is actually a big step for tennis. I think Sharapova will eventually come out of this okay, because I think she has really messed up to this. Um, the story is dominating world news. Uh, so, although I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea, if you're talking about it, it must be good news. There are some bad news stories around, but I don't think women's tennis is going to suffer from this. And I do think that it will focus attention on whether the anti-doping regime is quite as fit for purpose as it's made out to be. I don't mean that as a dig against tennis's authorities or even against WADA. What I mean by that is that I do think that there are lots of grey areas, and this idea that if you're found guilty of a doping offence, you must be a cheat, needs to be revised slightly because there clearly are good faith errors. An interesting development today was uh, a series of tweets that I saw from Jennifer Capriati, who, who had a bit of a rant against Maria Sharapova. And one of the things that, that she said is, if this medication helped me to come back again, would everyone be all right with me taking it? And that, that's an interesting question from, from other players and ex-players. Uh, yeah, I don't give that a great deal of credence. I mean, for a start, um, there are an awful lot of cross-currents in, in tennis. And I know that uh, Jennifer's comeback was amazing when uh, she had five years off the tour and then came back and won three Grand Slam titles, uh, the latter part of her career. And that was a fantastic achievement for her. However, I do think there may be a little bit of score settling going on here. And um, I, 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 I would say that 
you know, at the end of the day, we're dealing with justice here. You've got to find your rules. You've got to administer your justice according to them. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see what penalty Sharapova gets. She could be banned for up to four years, which would sort of finish her career, certainly as a top-level player. But I, my feeling is she'll get between 12 and 24 months, um, partly because she's, uh, you know, fessed up to this uh, fairly uh, quickly and cleanly. And um, she could well come back in a, in a year or two's time. And uh, I don't think anybody would then be saying, oh, isn't it disgraceful that somebody who tested positive uh, is back playing tennis? I think everyone would be saying, isn't it fantastic that Sharapo was back on the tennis court? I'm looking into the future. My crystal ball isn't particularly clear, but I do think that's a plausible scenario. She's also, uh, it was announced today that a couple of her, her major sponsors have decided to, to walk away. Is, is that a huge blow for her? It would be financially, yes, but she's got a fair bit in the bank. I mean, this is the top uh, female athlete in tennis, more even than Serena Williams, despite the fact that Serena Williams has won a lot more over the last year and a half than Sharapova has. But um, note also the language used. Nike have suspended their uh, contracts with Sharapova. They're not saying we're cutting all ties. They're basically saying, you know, especially after the Justin Gatlin business, they can't be seen to be condoning what she's done, but they're suspending it, which means they're keeping open their option that if she's cleared to play again, they're in line for sponsoring her. Excellent stuff. Chris Bowers, thank you so much for joining us this evening on SAFN Sports Trap. Much appreciated. We'll be following the story closely. We look forward to catching up against you. No problem. Thanks. SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some boxing now, and one of the world's most successful trainers, Nick Durant, is ready to throw in the towel after 30 years in the sport. The Johannesburg-based trainer is the only trainer to have uh, produced 95 South African champions in all weight divisions, 38 world champions, as well as 27 international champions in the WBC, WBA, IBF, WBO, WBF, and the IBO. Durant feels that he's made his own contribution to boxing, and it's time to call it a day. Well, I think, you know, I've done everything in the sport possible. I've had world champions in every organization. I've had many South African champions. I've been blessed in, in the years that I've been in the business. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's really coming to, to an end. Uh, the passion, uh, my passion for boxing is changing. And I always said that when my passion and love for the sport changes, it's time for me to walk out. And I'm gradually moving away from the sport now. I'm speaking uh, with a couple of my, my fighters that have been loyal to me all the years. But I will not be recruiting any more new fighters within my establishment. Yeah, I think I've done my time 30 years. I think it's time for me to maybe become a spectator on the couch at home and watch the future champions that I may be produced in the country. Yeah? He might have been successful as a trainer, but Durant admits, though, that boxing has been costly to him. He makes it clear that he wants to quit while he's still ahead in terms of producing champions. I'm talking about 2017, sir. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I've been there, Durant. It's been a fantastic ride. I've been all over the world. I've been blessed in boxing. I've had fantastic fighters around me, underneath me, trained by me, produced by me. And uh, I just think it's come to a time where I've given three decades of my life to the sport of boxing. I've had two divorces during my, 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 my role in boxing. And uh, I think it's time for me to slow down, maybe work with one or two fighters and uh, walk away gracefully, you know, and on top of the game. I always said that when I do retire from boxing, I will make sure that I'm still on top of the game. And I still produce world champions, and that I'm doing. You know, 2016 could possibly be my last year. I can't set that in stone. However, retirement is very, very close to the tip of my tongue now. 
In his own words, Durant admits that he had a great time and made money out of boxing, but that came at a cost to his family as well. He's been through two divorces, which were a result of his commitment to the sport. You can uh, flick a coin on that one, on that question, but uh, I would say that I, I've had a, like I said, I've had a fantastic ride in boxing. I've, uh, I've made good money in boxing. I've had a great time in boxing. I've been all over the world in boxing, and uh, I, if I if I could change where I've been in the past 30 years, I wouldn't change it for nothing. I've loved every minute of it. I've enjoyed all the victories in boxing, and and just changing people's lives was a motivation for me. It's been a great ride, and I wouldn't say that boxing was responsible for my two divorces in my life. I had a passion maybe more for for for, for boxing than I did for family life because. I've lived the life of a fighter for 30 years, and a lot of people don't realize that. A professional through and through, Durant never had a half-hearted approach when dealing with matters involving boxing. Thus, he has been the most successful trainer in the history of South African boxing. Retirement will give Durant time to concentrate on being a family man. I haven't been able to just do what I want to do when I want to. I've been committed to the sport and I've been committed to my fighters. I'm the kind of person that I'm all in. I'm not half in. I'm all in or I'm not in at all. And I put my time into the game. And I just think that it's now time for me to concentrate on other things in life and to give all the time and the necessary time to my two sons. Durant will walk away from boxing happy with the success he enjoyed in his 30 years of being involved in the sport. He will walk away knowing very well that it will take a very long time before any trainer can top his record. Well, you must understand is that I've had 30 years in the business of boxing now. I've had a passion for the business. I'm very committed to the business. I'm very loyal to my team, my fighters, my assistant trainers, my gym. And uh, I've been fortunate that I've traveled the world in boxing and uh, I've learned from some of the best in the world. I've taken ideas from various places all over the world. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think that, that experience can't be bought in a supermarket. You need to experience life. Staying with boxing, in June last year, one of South Africa's finest boxers the current generation has seen, Zulani Tete, took the difficult decision of giving up his IBF junior bantamweight belt. It was just two months before he was due to defend his title against Puerto Rican McJoe Arroyo. But uh, the purse amount that was offered by Golden Boy Promotions made it difficult for him to accept it. As Tete prepares to meet Mexican Jose Santos Gonzalez in an IBF International Junior Bantamweight title fight at the Echo Arena in Liverpool this coming weekend, he looks back at last year's decision with no regrets. It was not easy at all, but uh, before we took the decision, I had Braloys, I had my manager Amla, and I had my dad, we sat down and we discussed, you know. So when the, when, when the day came uh, for me to, to vacate the title, I was already uh, uh, made peace with it because I kept talking with, about it with my trainer, Paralois, and he kept making sure that I will be a world champion again if I stick to what he's telling me. If we keep training as we, as we always training, I will be a world champion again. So I quickly covered up from that because of him and because of my team, my manager and my support from my family. So I think uh, within this year I'll be a world champion again. It's become a trend around the world for boxers to promote themselves and they tend to make a lot more money from that. The likes of Oscar De La Hoya and Floyd Mayweather to name just a few and they've made billions of dollars from promoting their own tournaments. And that is the plan that Tete, who hails from the boxing mad township of Ndatsane, is currently working towards through his last born promotions. It's good, my brab, uh, to become a promoter, but I haven't got to the deep side of it because I'm still a boxer, and when I stage the fight, uh, 
I was working with Club uh, Promotions, so most of the job was done by them. But I was there. Uh, my name was was well, was men- was mentored by Club. So it was it was a good start for me, you know, because we started with a big event where I was fighting, my brother was fighting, and Luandilis Jato was fighting, Ali Fineka. So it was one of those big fights that last one has to stage, you know. Uh, I'm looking. Uh, it, I'm looking forward to the better opportunities for last one promotions coming the end of the year and next year some some sometime. So last one, last one is growing, is growing gold, is growing gold and is growing fast. I'm looking forward to to other opportunities for the promotion. You're talking about last one promotions, and I see in your face when you talk about it, it lights up, especially about this tournament in three months' time. There's, there must be something special about it. I've been talking to my manager in Berlois. Uh, we're looking up uh, to do a development tournament firstly, and then maybe we can promote my next fight. We don't know, but we'll, we'll negotiate with Frank Warren and see what we can do. But hopefully, we can we can promote again my 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 my, my fight. So that you can fight here at home. I'm, I'm I'm hoping to fight here at home. We're gonna sit down with Frank Warren and see uh, what we can do so that I can fight here at home. Because we had an agreement that maybe I'll fight two two fights that side and one fight this side. So we'll sit and talk. This is sport on SAFM. Every supporter's greatest resource. Well, that's about it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Just to give you a quick cricket update, Scotland currently 119 for the loss of four. They need 52 or 31 balls with six wickets remaining. That one definitely going down to the wire. We'll have updates uh, throughout the evening here on SAFM. Coming up on the other side of your news, it is uh, the talk shop with Naledi. I'm Brad Brown. Have yourself a fantastic Tuesday evening. Enjoy all the footy this evening too. And uh, we'll have all the results for you tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Witten. Right now though, it is 7 o'clock and time for your news.